Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. First time in a long time, but it seems like just yesterday when we were side by side. Beast mode, no one's blocking our way. <laughs> These other guys tried it, but them man ain't got the skills of Braden and Davy, brazen and raging, bringing you the drills and spills. Right here in full gear, about to blow up like TNT. Us man are too sweet, Brady, DVP, the BD elite. Right here in full gear, about to blow up like TNT. Us man are too sweet, Brady, DVP, the BD elite. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Braden Harrington here with David Portman. We are here for BDE Elite. We are live on Twitch. Yes, twitch.tv slash up next podcast. Hello, Twitch room. Happy Monday. Wow, happy Monday. Yeah, we're doing this at a at a at a different time than usual. Obviously, we cover NXT. We're up next. We're your NXT friends. We go live on Tuesday nights on Twitch, record up next. We do the same thing on Wednesdays. We watch Dynamite and then we talk about it here on BD Elite and then we put this up on the free podcast feed. So we're always hanging out on Twitch afterwards on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And then Revolution was a pay-per-view last night. And, well, me and Davey, we wanted to go out and and, uh, and enjoy being free, I guess, uh, after m- months and months and months of watch-alongs on Twitch. We decided, hey, we, we want to just try to go out and have fun and watch it. So yeah. we, we didn't go to the event, either of us, but we had different events. Yes, yeah. I I went to the Hooked on Wrestling event in in Old Street in London, which was was great. They sorted me out with a seat with a plug so I could take all these notes while watching the show. Hey. So shout out those guys. Thank you very much. Uh, but that wasn't the real main event, was it, Braid? No, I mean, yeah. So uh, you you went back to the UK for a little bit. So I've just been I've been lonely. I didn't want to watch wrestling by myself. I had a bit of a little bit of a rumble party at the crib for that and then i was kind of sparked an idea to see maybe there is uh, some people in the city that want to watch wrestling together at a bar so i kind of uh, orchestrated just having people and hang out and just watch wrestling and man what a 
I was I was like almost overwhelmed with just how many people showed up and stuff like that. So it just it was a crazy, crazy fun time just to get people in the room of all sorts. There was post wrestling listeners, up next listeners. There was people who didn't even know what we were, but they wanted to come and watch wrestling and uh, just uh, made new friends. Uh, along the way and that's what's important right so yeah just had a great time so shout out anyone who who showed up and uh supported we're definitely looking to try to get some some dynamite watch alongs uh going mm. in the near future i feel like there's just a, a a good atmosphere i feel like AEW brings in just a different crowd of wrestling fans there's a lot of people who are like new to wrestling or new to wrestling again because of this product and it it showed last night like i, I talked to like you know maybe like 70 new people who are wrestling fans that are like giving me their views and it's like yeah they're like ah, i i gave up a while ago but this kind of drew me back in i'm like is that really- how many showed up about 70 <sighs> yeah probably more than that actually uh <laughs> probably there was a lot of people uh watching some wrestling so it was pretty sweet uh so yeah look out for all our, our next ones and especially when you come back and we can do some more different watch things and just i just want to hang out and watch wrestling with friends yeah it's frustrating because we had something lined up for the rumble and then lockdowns occurred and everything so i came back here um but it's great that finally we're uh we're kicking these off and getting to do and hopefully that's first of many many more to come Um, yeah especially like you know if we go to uh, another AEW event, like I would have loved to obviously go to a pay-per-view like this last night, but if we do go to another event in the near future, I'm thinking like a grand slam or whatever, we definitely got to arrange a takeover. Uh, sorry, not a takeover, a tailgate uh, mm. before these things at like a bar or something. Cause it would just be sweets. But yeah, uh, I mean, this is, this, there's a lot of stupid shit going on in the world right now. And that, I mean, uh, just there's, there's a lot of, bad stuff going on and wrestling for me has definitely always been an escape and just to be able to just you know get a bunch of people to just check out for a little bit and the only thing we're arguing over is who we think's gonna win the matches or or stuff like that Mm. so it's just uh it was good it was good to do that and stuff like that so uh yeah thanks thanks for and how were the nachos uh, as always, good. Uh, the shout out George from Sneaky D's. We got an in at Sneaks now, bro. We're we're in. Yeah. But but apparently the Sneaks people told me that all of the the employees love uh, the Northern Blue Notches. So I got I think I think Ooh. I got to give those. This the pulled pork one? one. It's the pulled pork okay. one. Okay. All yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people ordered food. Uh, we definitely we're going to be doing I think WrestleMania at Sneaks. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun as well. But follow the up next group and the up next on Twitter and all that stuff for any details. If you are in the GTA in, or Toronto area. So yeah, uh, we had a raffle. This guy, basically a bunch of people were buying raffles and this guy's like, yo, I'm buying like how much, how much do you have left of them? I want them all. And I was like, I don't know if we can do that. And he's like, no, I'm buying them. And then his different people in his party were buying all the raffles. So basically this guy walked away with every prize we had, including an oh, AEW, damn replica world heavyweight title uh shout out my boy tom who uh, helped put this all together and and as a true promoter davy i put my my girlfriend to work she was uh the front the front desk take it the the booker essentially she was working the the bookies there and uh it was just a, it was a fun time uh, all around and everybody i hope had a good time but yeah um but uh i will say that i also got myself an AEW replica that's uh in the mail. 
with Amazing. some. <laughs> I've got a good deal. And how are you feeling today? Did you did you control yourself? Were you were you on the source or were you being like uh, you were trying to host? Like how were you? Yeah, a few people wanted to buy me beers, and I accepted once in a while. And then I had a few beers, but then uh, to celebrate, me and Tom snuck out during one of the while we could and did a bunch, uh, just did some dabs. And that definitely, uh, that's like, that's like, how, how do you describe that to someone who doesn't know even what that is? Like the next level of smoking, uh, high intensity THC, right? Yeah. Like, for like, so like for a few we'll hours, you'll months. be, you'll be really, you'll be really good. So I did a few of those <laughs> to mm. celebrate because it was just busy, but yeah, uh, it was, it was cool. And I, it was, it was fun to like work and, and watch and just have a good time. But yeah, I was, I was on a nice wave. I wasn't irresponsible whatsoever. I was on a nice wave to, to still talk to people coherently. Nice. At least I am uh, here today. I'm, I'm, I was, I woke up and I wanted to rewatch some of the matches before mm. talking about it. Just, just to kind of have it fresh in my head. And I woke up and I felt so happy and chipper and then I feel like literally as I'm click, like it's hitting me now, like this coffee isn't hitting me and I'm just feeling a bit tired. So yeah, yeah. That How was, I, I'm feeling, yeah, I'm feeling way better than I have any right to. Um, yeah. Saturday night was one of my friend's 30ths and uh, we got tickets for this, this boat. So we went on this boat where they had a bar was going along the Thames and everything. And, um, there was our group, which was a mix of guys and girls, but there's about like maybe eight of us guys and then three hen parties on this boat, like bachelorette parties. So it's they just call them like, hen parties. He, it's hens and stags. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, so it was like us eight guys. Uh, majority of them are like with partners and there's like two of us who are single. Right. With just like three parties of terrifying horny women on this boat on the Thames, it was a fun time. It was a fun time, and then we went to a uh, like a bit of a, a theatre hangout, which I haven't been to for years, called Players Bar, which is like an underground piano bar, and you like tip the like anyone can hop on the piano and have a little go and just play whatever. So had a good time there, but we were promised this buffet on the boat, and you know, like I mean, we. A we devour, yeah, we devour a whole lot of food, you and I, when we're when we're drinking, and I think it it helps us. Sometimes we get like a bit of tummy problems the next day, but in general, yeah. the hangover is pretty good. Um, this buffet consisted of bread, a potato, a salad, and some dry chicken drumsticks. So it was like, Ugh. oh fuck. So barely ate and drank a lot. So yesterday was struggling, and I I worked a job at. Uh, Wembley Arena, which um, I think okay. loads of wrestling's happened there. Takeover London was at Wembley Arena. Yeah. Um, and I I worked this event, um, kind of checking people in. And my job description was energizer when I felt like so hungover. But I meant to be like, hey, how are we doing, guys? Where are we going? Let me help you to your seats, that kind of thing. And it was this Brazilian uh, pop act called Gustavo Lima, I think his name is. So okay. it was just basically the entire Brazilian population of London was coming to this arena for a party. And boy, did they want a party. So um, lots of, yeah, lots of uh, nice Thai Contis there. And yeah, uh, yeah, got to walk around, like popped into the arena, watched a bit of a show. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, 
but was absolutely exhausted and then went to meet up with was an expert Anne Marie, listener of the show. Oh, wonderful. Um, who came down to London to watch uh, Revolution at this at this bar. So had a few drinks and I think she had a, a hen party the night before as well. So she was exhausted. Um, but after... Yo, you know, what a, the couple- f- a hen party? This sounds lit. That, yeah. that sounds like all the rage over there. But after a couple of bottles of wine, it was... Uh, I think we both woke up a bit. And yeah, so the show started for us at 1am, finished at 5am. I, I got home. I decided to walk... Uh, to get the first train first trains around like six uh so got home about like seven seven thirty this morning oh my god um, so it was about i think about four like gone 4 a.m and i was like are we doing a another bottle of wine and she's like oh i'm not drinking anymore so i just got myself another bottle of wine because it was just the best deal like all the drinks there were really expensive but you could get a bottle of wine for like 20 quid so um <laughs> i I've I've just escaped today. Somehow I'm I'm feeling fresh. I'm excited to talk about this pay per view. Yeah. Um, but yeah, had a had a great time. Had a hen party. Had a hen party. Hen party. No, that sounds all right. Yeah. So we just had some some fun weekends, and mm. as it should be. I mean, the the world's opening up, and people want to go out and stuff. But uh, yeah. Uh, hey, wow. We had. We had listeners go to the event yesterday. We had listeners in in cinemas watching the event yesterday. It felt it felt like this big kind of event all over. Um, yeah, not it, so much staying at home. It was pretty pretty fun. Like sounded like to everyone and seeing what everyone's yeah. getting up to last night. And people traveling. I mean, Orlando. Like, hey, you can go there. People like to go there for wrestling because then you can go to like the a the the beaches in Florida or. Uh, theme parks and stuff as well. So yeah, just a fun thing to see people. I saw some people in, uh, I know obviously in, in some of our chats, like Sino and Frank and stuff went to the theater to watch it. Mm. But I heard, I saw some people saying that they had issues where the feed was cutting out. Like I think some before. of the AMC theaters. I, Man, that would piss me I, off for sure. But yeah. But actually, a lot of runtime. A lot of people at the bar last night were were like, "Hey, it's it's either this or going to the theater." And like, I don't want to go to the theater. I want to get drunk and go for smokes and and you know talk to people and while we're like, and I'm like, yeah, like there's such a better environment. I, not that I I've used to do the theater quite a lot, especially when I was a teenager. And uh, it's, are they it, even doing that though in in Toronto? I've not I, noticed it for anything. I, I I would assume so because we do have landmarks which are like a little bit out of the city. So I do think mm, that okay. they do. Those are the ones with like you go in. There's like Lazy Boys and stuff like that. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that, I I guess it's because the pay per view ran late and WWE always goes to like eleven. So Did like, it though? Like I feel I feel we all knew like these shows normally go four hours. Uh, like I. Fe- like I felt, I I knew I was going to be at this bar till like five in the morning. I didn't expect it, and when right. you saw the the card of what ten matches on the main show, I think something yeah. like that. Uh, I'm not really surprised. It's, I mean, would they do that with like a UFC event or boxing when that that goes long? I don't know. Seems, yeah, seems a bit weird. Yeah, uh, but I hope uh, everyone had a, a fun time. Even if you did watch it at home, hey, well. Uh... I'm sure you still had a good time, and maybe you're you're watching us right now on Twitch, or you're listening to us as a podcast. And we thank you for listening and checking us out because uh, it was a lot of fun, and um, mm. it was it was a long show, but it was a pretty damn good show. Well, shall I we thought. get into it? Yeah, 100. percent Let's do it. 
Um, did you, uh, I won't spend too much time on it, but did you catch any of the buy-in last night? So, uh, right before the buy-in, I was setting up, um, we had like a projector and then another TV as well. So I did set up everything and then just in time for the buy-in. So I, I did, I did recall more. So I got to watch the, uh, Kings of the Black Throne, the Knights Who Say Knee Men and yeah. That I did see some of that match, and I thought there was some pretty cool stuff in it. I love Penta and and stuff, but I didn't really get to see some of the other stuff. I was just busy. I was talking to people and stuff like it that. Was, I mean, I think everyone really showed up. I think throughout the whole night, there were some really kind of quite scary moments. Um, I thought Hirsch and Statlander, as as like down on this feud as I've been, it, it just has all felt a bit silly. But uh, I thought the match was pretty good. There was this really... Uh, brutal Hurricane Rana from Hirsch to Statlander on the floor. So many floor bumps tonight. Yeah. Like ringside bumps. Um, and then Hirsch ended up using the turnbuckle uh, against uh, Statlander uh, to pick up the win. And afterwards, uh, Red Velvet was checking on her and everything. Uh, so that feud possibly continuing. But, uh, well, uh, I think we're getting <laughs> Thunder Rosa and Hirsch next week to kind of set up the challenger for St. Patrick's Day. So... It's just uh, funny that Statlander kind of now became the heel since like, yeah, like, hey, I, I that comment. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're the reason your parents split up or they don't love you or whatever. It's like, clearly she's the bad guy. But yeah. Uh, Don Callis then came out to Kenny's music and really yes. riled up the crowd. Uh, the bar, the thought. bar was, yeah, the bar was like mid conversation. And then the music hit and everybody kind of looked at each other like, wait a second. Even I had to be like, wait, is this because right before I was playing music. In the bar. Mm. So I was playing AEW themes and I'm like, wait, did I, I didn't remember putting Kenny's theme on. And then I look over and I was like, wait, what? So it did, it was a good pop for the crowd, even at the, in the crowd uh, on TV. It felt like just a little, maybe starting to grow a few seeds for Cole and Kenny. Cause he was saying like, oh, Cole's going to be a great transitional champ and all these like backhanded compliments like that. So with Don Callis coming back, I think maybe it's, uh, maybe Omega's coming soon to start up something. Um, we then had Hook versus QT Marshall. Hook's longest match to date, clocking in just over four minutes. Uh, loads of just really beautiful looking suplexes. He yeah. gets a nice Alicia Fox-esque bridge on his suplexes. Not quite um, Alicia Fox, but you know, he's quite, on his way. Yeah, but no, he looks esque He's getting there. Nah, he's um, and I, I quite enjoyed the finish. It was, you know, when you're running towards the turnbuckle and, and you kind of do the this like spring off of it to go over the guy's head and come behind. But Hook just stood there. So he did, QT did the little spring and then he caught him in the, the Taz mission, the red run, red run uh, to pick up the win. Yeah, um, I, I did. Now that I'm remember, I'm remembering, I did watch this match and I thought it was pretty good. I love Hook. I like Hook. He's, he's, he's I, I think it's like now where you go with him from here. Do we just continue this run of squashes still, or does he get an actual program? I, I would think, keep on doing this and maybe little programs against your, like your QTs or something like that until you're ready yeah. for the right TNT champion to go against. I would say. Was there, was there any uh, QTs on that uh, boat hen party boat? There, there are a couple. A few uh, Marshalls. On, on, honestly, few like QTs. Uh, hen parties kind of terrify me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's uh, scary women a lot of the time at these things. But yeah, there, there, there are a few marshals for sure. Few marshals. That's the new. That's the new. The new language now. <laughs> and well, then we had uh, 
the the spooky tattoo men, the House of Black, uh, who actually like I I've been kind of down on these guys, but their entrance with all of them having like the you know like the Nordic like horns and stuff, I thought yeah. they looked complete now, uh, looked way better than just Alice uh, like Malachi and Brody. I think it looked pretty cool their entrance coming. I out will. There. I will say to this this weekend, like getting hyped and everything. Uh, I was listening to some AEW themes like all Sunday during the day, just like while I was like getting ready in the shower. And I will say, I know we we make fun of the the ah! song, <laughs> but dude, like put that song on like that. Make I went for a walk and that song hit. I was like walking around. I was going. Ah! Hopefully yeah. stra- strangers were looking at me like, what's this guy doing? But it, it's, it gets you hyped. This song is such a good entrance music song. Yeah. And yeah, these guys look the part. I know, I, like I was saying, like, yeah, right now it's kind of weird. I think the only, still the weird thing is just Alex Abrihantes in the, uh, like it, what, Bill and Ted. The yeah, the like weird, Dollar like, store costume. <laughs> like death from Family Guy look or something. I don't know what's going on with him there, but, uh, yeah, I, I still think the House of Black, like, give it time. We will all be talking about how awesome they are in, in, in a little bit, but right now they got to get over some, some humps. Yeah. Uh, I thought Penta and Buddy had a really nice exchange early on. Uh, you then had Redbeard who ca- came in, who was actually really over with this crowd and, I thought the big man stuff between him and Brody was actually quite fun. They were doing a lot of just shoulder tackles, trying to knock each other down. Um, there was an awesome looking Casadora into a Canadian destroyer from Penta, which was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric then hit a Centon Atomico. Shout out Eddie Guerrero, or I'd like to now nickname him Reddy Guerrero Beard, maybe. <laughs> Um, yeah, never seen him do this before. And then he hit this like power slam lift into a, a cutter to black, which I thought looked pretty cool as well. Um, yeah, what did this guy just all of a sudden get, get better at wrestling? He was amped. Yeah. I don't know where, I don't know what he's been doing this like since being released, but he showed up to work last night. Last Wednesday when he showed up to like, he hit a, like choke slams and stuff. I was like, Oh, he looks good. But of course, you know, the, the people you're hitting moves on make you look good too. But like, nah, this guy mm. looked, this guy looked incredible considering I was not a pretty big fan of him in WWE. And I know we do a show called was next and we've just covered like his whole NXT run. And there's not a whole lot from him in, in that, but I thought this was the most I've ever seen him do. Yeah. I thought he looked really good. Uh, it, I mean, this match was like, Kind of PWG style, everyone just getting their shit in. Pack sitting a poison rana. Brody comes in and just starts clubbing Pack from behind. Uh, you've then got Red Beer and Brody going at it again. There's a package pile driver from Penta to Black on the apron, which looked nuts. Nasty. And then Penta goes for the pin, but uh, Black isn't actually the legal man. And Buddy Matthews comes in behind with his his like wicked stepsister stomp to the back. You then get the black mass to Redbeard, but Rowan, sorry, Eric is just staying up, not going down. Goes for the choke slam to Black, but gets misted in the face, and then Brody hits like the kind of like the Rikishi driver, like the sit out pile driver uh, for the win. But I, I thought this was really good. I was, it, it felt random, especially with Eric Rowan coming in on Rampage last week, but. Um, you know what, I, I thought he really impressed and I, I just thought this was a really, really fun match on the pre-show. Yeah, no, it it 
it was like fun, but at the same time, it had the serious tones with trying to get get over this. Like I said, this kind of flop of the past few weeks of them just not really impressing. They needed to have a match, and I felt like they gave mm. them time for like a. I know this is a buy-in, but this went like over what fifteen minutes, something like that. So, uh, it, yeah. If anything, like, and this is a, a a stupid criticism to have, but it was like when you knew you were in for a long night. This on a pre-show, like I already fight, kind of felt like, whew, the yeah. show's not even started, and wow, okay, like um, definitely, like you could have put this on the on the main show or on any pay-per-view, yeah, for sure. Like this, they they over-delivered here, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I, I love I love Black, I love King, and I love Matthews. This whole group of them together, I'm excited to where we can go with it, and. Uh, I know Death Triangle is kind of weird. I was assuming Pac was going to join them as well, but I think just sticking with the three people is probably the best. Oh, wait, well, the third three people and Julia Hart, who's got to still join them. But, you know, uh, I'm, 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 yeah, they're going to, they're going to be the, one of the big acts, I feel like, going through AEW. And Malachi can eventually step up to be like a, a main key main event player, especially with the, his boys behind him. But Brody King, man, is, is awesome as well because he's still kind of someone I haven't watched too much of. But now that I, I get to with him being a, a featured wrestler here, I'm like, yo, this guy is sick. And and like, yeah, you know, I'm a hip hop head, but these like metal, scary black metal dudes, they're they're sweet. I'm, I listen to their music now and I'm getting amped whenever I'm like, it, it's 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 sick. It's working for me. I really think this this company's begging for a trio's title now. One hundred percent. Get the Owen tournament out the way and then a big summer tournament with these trios because you've got, you know, uh, the former Undisputed Era of Cole Fish O'Reilly. You've got uh, the Bucks and Kenny, potentially. You've got, um, like, Jungle's, uh, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Christian. You've got the House of Black. You've got Best Friends. You've got all these trios that you could absolutely have a, a pretty stacked tournament and give something for some guys to do when they're not, like even Kingston with Santana and Ortiz perhaps down the line. Like there's yeah. so many combinations you can do. For sure. Well, speaking of Kingston, we kick off the main show with Eddie Kingston versus Jericho. Uh, I think Judas is a great way to kind of start the show. And it, this made sense in the opening uh, opening spot here. Um, but just like, remember the, the punk match? As soon as it started, Kingston just hit the Urican. It was similar here. He just dumped Jericho on his fucking head right away yeah. with the half and half. And you go, oh, is Eddie, is this going to just be like this squash? squash. But uh, yeah, like Jericho just took this head bump and Kingston goes to like attack him more and Aub- Aubrey's like backing him up, being like, whoa, 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 let's, let's check out here. Um, Jericho starts to roll to the outside, uh, but Eddie just comes after him. He's hitting this neck breaker, chops and jabs. Uh, Jericho comes back with these punches to the head of Kingston and then just flips off the crowd. Uh, Kingston hits the gammon Geary, but Jericho gets right back up on his feet. Now there's this chop exchange from both of them and Kingston pulls down the straps. Uh, at some point here, Eddie gets poked in the eyes. So Eddie comes back and pokes Jericho in the eyes. And you actually see Eddie's, uh, I think it was his, his left eye, I think, was like all kind of swollen and red. And Jericho kept on attacking that with, like, eye gouges. And so it, it gets pretty nasty. Eddie's now biting Jericho. 
Sorry, I thought you were gonna say something. Yeah, no, like like getting uh, the finger in the eye, and like then it starts to like get all nasty. It's like, was his finger dirty? Like, imagine just poking <laughs> someone with a dirty finger. Like, that's how you get pink eye or something. Like, yeah, that's a real dirty tactic. Yeah, gross. Um, Jericho then hits a vertical suplex off the apron to the floor. Again, I said this earlier. So many floor bumps on this show, and then a German suplex to Jericho, just dumping him on his head. Um, and then Lion Salt for a two count. Jericho applies the walls, but Eddie manages to get to the ropes. And now Jericho's getting into Aubrey's face and he shoves her. So she shoves him back. And then Eddie comes in with these two Saito suplexes, followed by the Urican, the spinning back fist. But Jericho kicks out. And Eddie, Eddie doesn't know what he can do. Aubrey is now consoling him. And then out of nowhere... Jericho hits the code breaker, but Eddie kicks out. Eddie then eats a German suplex, but gets right back to his feet and runs into another code breaker. But Jericho doesn't want to end it there. He sets up for the Judas effect, goes for the spinning back elbow. Eddie ducks and hits Jericho with two hurricanes and then applies Kawada's stretch plum. He wrenches once. He wrenches twice and then wrenches the arm a third time and Jericho taps. Eddie wins the big one. Yeah, he finally, he did it. What Jericho said he couldn't do and Eddie Kingston did it. Yeah, the submission was a nice touch as well. It's like a de- like defining victory. Like Jericho mm. tapping out, like that's that's pretty big. But I thought I thought both these guys just went at an incredible pace considering Jericho, people were making fun of how he looked like last year or this year even mm. and now look at him just coming back with this thing i personally never had an issue with him uh, looking a certain way he but now that he's gotten back into some great shape it it shows in the ring like he was going at it at a pretty good speed and hitting all his moves and uh i just thought he he st- i i i thought we would be going into this match being like eddie kingston continues to step up every time but it's like not nah, eddie's always bringing it since being in AEW, but it was Jericho. I thought that kind of, um, yeah, just, just brought, brought it today. Uh, definitely felt like an old school Jericho hitting German suplexes. He had to, if you're fighting someone like Eddie, mm-hmm. who's, who's like you said, doing all these old school, like backdrop suit drivers. It felt and, like a, like King's road style, didn't it? They yeah. They were they're, each other on each other's head. They're like all Japan nineties. Let's do it. Yeah, so, yeah, not knocking Eddie Kingston at all, because, man, he's just been continuing to be awesome here. I want, I want like, a TNT title run. I want a world title run one day for Eddie mm-hmm. Kingston. Just, he, he brings it. But the, the story was good, and I just was, I guess, just more blown away what, with, with Chris Jericho. But uh, I like uh, the submission going forward, but we didn't get the, the heel turn that we kind of thought we would. We kind of did. Eddie put his hand out at the end because that was kind of the... Yeah. Jericho kept on saying, if you beat me, I'll shake your hand. And shake he did a, hand. a nice little, like, royal, like, putting out his hand. And Jericho was, nah, and walks out. Uh, so being a bit of a, a sore loser there. So I think it's going to uh, maybe continue or, or definitely solidify Jericho's heel turn. Uh, I liked as well the little touch of Eddie asking Aubrey at the end, did I win? Did I, did I do it? Did I win? Um, but yeah, th- this match didn't let up at all. There was no like dead space. I think this might be Jericho's best singles match in AEW. Uh, it's like, got to. I can't. Yeah, it's got to be up there. I liked Kenny Omega Jericho too. That was what double or nothing. 
That one was mm, good. Yeah. You know what? I liked this one. I liked I liked what the one with MJF. Or there was a tag match with MJF actually. Now that I think about it, but yeah, that's that's probably a good shout. I I there's again. I thought he looked great, and and Eddie Kingston definitely yeah, brought he it awesome. brought it out of him. And like you you thought I thought going in Jericho was going to bring the sports entertainer out of. Eddie Kingston, whereas, mm-hmm. no, they just went, no, this is a pay-per-view. We're going to do wrestling. And I feel like it was kind of a quick match, maybe like, what, um, over it was 10. around 15-ish. Yeah, something like that. Like. And and it went, it, it went, and I was kind of uh, shocked at how much I enjoyed this match. And that, that sounds terrible, but no, I, these guys delivered. On a card no, I, that every match pretty much delivered, and it was one of them yeah. that I think over-delivered. I agree. Well, we go to our next match. It was the the triple threat AEW Tag Team Championship match. Uh, the rules of this are only two people in the ring at the same time, and you can kind of tag anyone. Um, it's the Young Bucks versus Red Dragon versus the champions uh, Jurassic Express. Um, there's a lot of Jungle Boy in this match, and it starts off the the Bucks and and Red Dragon are kind of uh, going to work together and isolate uh, Jungle Boy here. He goes for his top rope arm drag to Kyle, but Kyle catches it into an arm bar, which I thought looked looked really nice. And then Matt tries to pin Jungle Boy, and Kyle breaks it up. And he's kind of making out, no, that, that wasn't part of the plan. And then Kyle goes for a cover, and Nick breaks it up. So they're all starting to break down. And Jungle Boy is just fighting off everyone here. He leaps to tag in Luchasaurus, but Bobby pulls him off the apron. And now Kyle and Matt are getting into each other's face and they start going at it. Luchasaurus finally gets tagged in and is hitting tail whips all round. Uh, tail whip to Nick, roundhouse to Matt, and then hits a moonsault off the apron to the floor. Um, followed by, there's then a destroyer to Luchasaurus. He's hitting choke slams all round. And then a springboard doomsday device to Matt, which I thought looked like, awesome. What? Like you knew we were gonna get some crazy stuff, but yeah, I mean, we just ta- you just someone hit a destroyer, and then this crazy doomsday was pretty nuts. Then finally, Matt decides to super kick Bobby, and he kind of just shrugs and is like, "Screw the plan." Kyle tags in, and finally, he's fighting with the Bucks, and Bobby and Nick pull them apart, but they start fighting, and then Kyle O'Reilly, Nick Jackson, and Jungle Boy just have this great sequence where they're all catching each other's kicks um kyle gets sent into the ropes and goes for the lunatic lariat off the second but he gets knocked back and then goes for the lunatic lariat off the bottom rope and all three clothesline each other falling down uh great spot and this really like this is where the crowd were like really picking up there's then an avalanche exploder suplex from bobby followed by a diving knee into the knee bar from kyle which just looked awesome and then Kyle's locked in a guillotine to, uh, was this the Luchasaurus, I think? And yes. Jungle Boy breaks it up with a 450 splash. No, no, Jungle, yeah, no, Jungle Boy breaks it up with oh, a shooting sh- star. A shooting yes. star, which they call the Dino Star shooting, the yes. shooting Dino Star press, which I'm like, wow, how, how have I never realized they called it that? But then he hits that to break it up, but then, Someone else is laid out, so then that's when someone else breaks up the pin with the 450, like all in the same. Yeah, that's like, it. Matt Matt hits the 450 just crazy. after, like yeah. right after, just nuts. Wow. There's then a total elimination to Jungle Boy from Red Dragon, but the Lucha uh, Luchasaurus breaks up the pin, 
Then we get a super kick tombstone combo from Kyle O'Reilly and the Bucks. But as soon as it's hit, the Bucks super kick Kyle, hit the BTE trigger to Jungle Boy, and Kyle just manages to break up the pin. Now the Bucks are going into their, their old tricks and go for more bang for your buck, but it gets countered into a Rana, into a German from Jungle Boy. This was nuts. So he hit like the, what was it, the, the Rana to Nick and then immediately into a, a German suplex to Matt. Um, Crazy. Really impressive. And then you've got the, like, the flipping chokeslam bomb for Jurassic Express. I'm not sure what they call this, but it's their finish. They call and it the Jurassic Express. Jurassic Express. Ah, yeah. Easy. And uh, they get the pin. And I like, I think it's, is it Nick just misses breaking yeah. the pin up? Matt takes He's the like, fall, yeah. I, but I, crazy match. Yeah, I mean, as we expected, this was this was nuts. I mean, the the like I loved the Bucks and Red Dragon, their kind of history throughout wrestling, but even before AEW, I was just excited to see them get be able to kind of tie it up and wrestle each other again. But then adding in Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, like they kind of needed to solidify this this run. And I think with this match and getting this win, um, kind of kind of did that kind of le- legitimized them as a legit tag team. I know they're the champs, but now definitely like getting this win over the two teams is amazing. We can probably spiral off into the bucks and red dragon feuding with Cole's got to pick a side. I imagine, uh, Cole sides with his era boys and Kenny comes back. Maybe we get more t- trios matches or something, mm. but this, this match is crazy. I mean, Luchasaurus always gets in some crazy spots that always wake up the crowd and just, yeah, Jungle Boy brought it as well. I, this, I, this I thought everything. Jungle Boy really yeah. impressed in this Honestly, one. And like, Kyle as awesome. well. Yeah, um, yeah. Kyle is someone I'm like, I love Bobby Fish talking shit throughout the whole match, by the way. I miss that. Yeah. I love Red Dragon. Just crazy. But I can't wait for that Kyle-Danielson match down the line. Because I definitely still think Kyle didn't get that NXT title run that we thought in NXT. He was just getting singles matches again and was delivering. And I feel like we will get to that level. But as of right now, like this, this was crazy. The three team, all three teams are just on fire. And I'm, I'm happy that uh, Jurassic Express beat both of them. Yeah. I, I wonder where it goes from here because I, I kind of thought they've maybe done everything there is to do with their reign. And I was expecting maybe a red dragon win here. Um, but perhaps the the Mox Danielson thing that we'll get to later. Yeah, true. Yeah, them. for sure. Um, which feels, I think, could split the crowd which way they, they want to go. But I think early on, I as a nitpick, I didn't particularly like kind of the infighting between the Bucks and Kyle. Uh, sorry, the Bucks and Red Dragon. But as soon as that was over and everything broke down, this was just crazy and and as you'd expect just excellent from these i'm guys. pretty yeah like again back in ring of honor the bucks red dragon and whatever tag teams were, were there floating around as well would always do multiple matches so it felt like that it felt like your crazy mm-hmm. pwg just like a lot of stuff going on different stories going on as well but uh my one of my favorite things of just doing this at a bar was i kind of was sitting near our security guard for the evening last night at the bar and he's like oh i'm a lapsed fan i haven't watched in a while as soon as someone explained to him, yeah, his name is Luchasaurus, this guy laughed and then like watched the match. And then by the end of the night, I was like, hey, like, what was your, you know, 
highlight of the night. He's like, Luchasaurus. The guy didn't even say the dinosaur guy. He knew the guy's name. He was like, that guy. He's like, I have to watch. If there's a dinosaur that wrestles like that, I watch, I'll watch every week. He's like, wrestling is supposed to be silly. But when the guy, I'm like, yo, the security guard's preaching. So, uh, shout out, uh, that. Cause I, I think that's pretty funny. Cause we always go, oh, it's the dinosaur. Like, how ridiculous. But then you watch these matches. How much fun was that match? Uh, definitely a rewatchable match, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I could argue that this was a lot, probably a lot of people's match of the night. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I think there's a lot of contenders on the yeah, show. Yeah, we go to the face of the revolution ladder match: uh, Christian Cage versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks versus Wardlow versus Keith Lee versus Orange Cassidy. Uh, for the last week, they've been kind of going back and forth, saying seven people, six people, seven people, six people, uh, but no no surprise entrant here. Just these six, um, and yeah, it's the the brass ring, the cock ring ladder match here. Giant cock um, ring. You have all the big lads just throw everyone out to start with. So you've got uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, Wardlow, and Keith Lee in this big stare down. And then Orange Cassidy just walks in and starts doing the lazy kicks to all of them. Um, and then they all go to attack. He ducks. So they go for Keith Lee. And uh, Orange just sort of climbs on all these big guys' backs to try and get the ring off of their back, which I thought was a pretty... Pretty inventive spot. Um, then Orange starts climbing the ladder with his hands in his pockets. Uh, you get a reverse DDT from Christian to Hobbs off the ladder. And then Christian's setting up for the spear. Um, and Keith Lee just appears from behind. Uh, the We've seen this in NXT. Yeah, it was. the just rises from nowhere. It was. This, they did that a lot in NXT. So it was kind of a callback to uh, like him. Oh, what? Just being memeable. Where it's like, you know, like yeah. they'll always like rise out of nowhere. It's, it's like rising fun. from the swamp, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Lee then shows off his like athleticism with a double leapfrog over uh, over both guys and the drop down followed by a cross body. Now, Wardlow and Lee are kind of fighting over the ladder and they've got it horizontally. So Cassidy jumps, skins the cat and is stood on top of this ladder as Wardlow and Keith Lee are holding it. And is going for the, the the ring, but they kind of shake the ladder and he falls and hurts his dick. <laughs> ah, not the dick. His, his orange, oranges are crushed here. Um, we then get a delayed vertical suplex from Hobbs to Casty off the ladder, uh, which I thought looked, looked awesome here. Um, now Christian is setting up for the spear, um, but Hobbs goes to counter it into a spine buster. And I, f- I feel like this is the point where Christian said, I agreed to do a ladder match, but no bumps for me anymore. Because <laughs> he's like, nah, I ain't taking this bump. I'm going to slam you, Hobbs, instead on this ladder. And don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. Sp- honestly, like, especially some of these guys in this match are huge. So, yeah, yeah there was, like, definitely a lot of people. You're probably thinking, like, are they going to break the ladders? Are they going to be able to? And, and, yeah, I don't blame Christian at all. I wonder when his last ladder match was, because it's, I mean, wow. it hasn't been since his return. So we're looking like possibly even like 10 years, maybe since uh, his last ladder No, match. he's got to have been, he he must have been in, uh, in a money in, in the, in bank, money in the bank, of course. So definitely. So yeah. like 2013, maybe 2012 around Damn. there. Yeah. Like it's coming up. Yeah, true. 10 years. 
uh, Starks then tries to prove that he has the best spear and hits a spear off the ropes to Christian. Then we get a huge, Braden Beal from Keith Lee to <laughs> Orange Cassidy. <laughs> oh, and man. This, he just misses everyone and just lands on the ramp. This was nuts. Oh, poor Orange Cassidy. His tailbone must be, or oh. his back. Yeah, uh, Keith Lee not knowing his own strength here. The guys were in position, but they barely caught him. He just went flying. Uh, yeah. Damn. From this the ring crazy. to the ramp. This was nuts. Poor, I don't know how Orange Cassidy continued after this spot. This looks like it hurts so much. You could see the guys like being like, holy shit, we, we didn't know he was going to throw him that far. You know, Keith Lee probably went, oh, fuck, I didn't mean to do that. But it looked great. So, hey, Orange, as, as long as you're okay, you continued the match. But, like, wow. Yeah. Uh, Chris Elliott in the chat says, shout out Ian Beal. Yeah, shout out Ian Beal. Uh, Wardlow then clotheslines Lee out of the ring. And then Hobbs goes to put Lee through a table. But Wardlow comes out of nowhere and just shoves them both off the stage. So they go crashing down below. They are out of it. Ricky Starks starts to climb the ladder when Danhausen appears from out of nowhere and curses Ricky Starks. And I, I don't get this character, but I don't know how it was where you were. The bar lost their mind. <laughs> Where I was when Danhausen uh, came out. Completely... He cursed him! He cursed him! There was a few people that got it, but to be honest, it actually, all the air was just sucked out. Okay, because that's up. how yeah. I felt. Yeah. Like, I, I'm with that. I, I hate this spot. But yeah, the, yeah. the guys where I were seemed to... Everyone was like going, like ah, this. yeah, there's, there's tables and big meaty men slapping around and you could hear people doing it. And then that happened and a lot of people were like... Is that who, who's wait what what? And then even like me, I'm like okay, I get Danhausen. I know who he is, but what's the oh he's friends with Orange Cassidy, so he's stopping. Okay, all right. I was yeah. I was a little like ah, uh, you're not in like. There's already a lot of people in this match. I yeah. just if you're if you're not in the match, like get out of here. Off. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Danhausen. I like the cursing thing. It is funny and silly, but maybe just wasn't uh, properly mm. executed here. Because, yeah, it kind of just all it just got like, oh, okay. it's when you've seen all these crazy spots. And then it's just Ricky Starks could win it and he falls off because this guy. A guy pointed at me. Oh, my God. I better stop uh, climbing. Ricky Stark looked like a geek for sure in the spot. Yeah. So the ladder is set up where you've got like the ladder right in the middle and then another ladder horizontally across the ladder and the ropes. And Christian starts to climb. But Wardlow pulls him off and hits the power bomb. And then he notices that Starks is climbing again. And Wardlow just leaps up about four or five rungs here. Gets Starks and powerbombs him on his neck on this ladder. I mean, Starks, who's just come back from like a serious neck, neck injury, injury. Taking this bump. It looked really scary. He's tweeted out that he's all right. Um, but yeah, at the end here, he like wasn't moving for a little bit. It was quite scary. And Wardlow climbs and wins. He is the face of the revolution and will challenge either Sammy Guevara or Scorpio Sky. In a few yeah. Weeks. Wow. This is war. He won it. This is war. I, I kind of was down for this. As soon as he mentioned it on Dynamite, like when MJF basically was like, you can, you can go for that title. You can do it if you win. And now Wardlow was like, huh, all right. And then wins it. 
I, I, if it wasn't Keith Lee, which they, they rid off, they wrote off Keith Lee properly with him taking the big bump with Hobbs. So they can go into a feud here, which sounds great. Two big dudes fighting. Uh, but Wardlow, I think, I think it was the, the right choice for him to go forward. And I think he should win the TNT title or, or MJF costs him the title, which we could see, uh, as well. But yeah. Yeah, I, I I like this a lot. I think Wardlow's got a lot of steam at the moment, and it really makes sense for his story. And I, uh, like he <laughs> would it be what? would it be would it be funnier and way more heat if MJF on Wednesday goes actually uh, since you like did that work for me you don't yeah you work for me so actually I'm gonna I'm gonna actually gonna take that uh, I'm gonna take that opportunity and face mm. Sammy in the follow at the St Patrick's Day. And and win the title. Could be. yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. It depends. When are we going to see this Wardlow is all elite graphic come out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah. that's what he needs. Maybe Punk is like, oh, I'll buy you. <laughs> I've bought out your contract. How much I is he paying AFI you? Yeah, I got AFI. I bought yeah, contract. I can this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I do think. Uh, I think they've done a bad job with Keith Lee. Since since coming in, and I question if it made sense actually putting him in this match if he wasn't going to win. I think his his debut was a few weeks ago, and he really hasn't done anything yet. And I I don't think he looks as good as he was in NXT. And I don't know if that I know he had some health issues and maybe long COVID or something. But I thought this against the match against JD Drake on Friday, where he looked quite gassed. And there were some of those spots that we used to see him do with Dijak, you know, just lifting up these big guys that he used to do with ease, where he was struggling quite a bit with JD Drake. And here he was really, he did a couple of spots and lied out for a lot of it. So I don't know if there's, there's maybe some issues still there, but I, I, I do think they've kind of dropped the ball a bit with this guy. And I question if it would made sense actually putting him in this if you're not pulling the trigger. Yeah, like that's the the argument is like, oh well, they brought in the the new guy for this match, so clearly he's got to win it. So it's kind of at least going against that. Like, just because the new guy's in it doesn't mean he wins it. But I mean, does it hurt him? That's why they did the spot where he got taken out with Hobbs mm. to kind of set that up and and go in the feud. So I imagine he beats Hobbs and and so forth. But I, I think I I don't have an issue when bringing people in. You don't just need to like instantly uh, make them like beat everybody or or become like they do a good job of mixing sprinkling people in like Danielson just started wrestling in September he's been here it's now March he's been here for a while he's won matches he's lost matches like it kind of goes either way where I feel like when it's time for someone they want to actually focus on a Keith Lee or Miro like people were so worried about Miro it's like now they're just holding off to use that like to 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 give him a push so eventually like hopefully there is no uh serious health issues with Keith Lee cuz I do want to see him go forward but I know what you mean like the guy comes in has a, one match to enter this match has one match on the rampage has gets interrupted a bunch and then loses his match it's like should like, you like I almost wonder if you want him to be on this thing have him you know, instead of the hook match, have him have a have a singles match just in the buy-in and just destroy someone and and yeah. have him out there and still have a bit of momentum. Whereas I think I don't know, it, it feels if if you've been watching this guy, you, you see him his NXT runs started off quite slowly and then they eventually went with him and those Dijak matches picked up. And then you see him on the main roster, like not really go anywhere, and already within weeks and 
I, I do think they mix in some guys pretty well, but then there's guys like Jay Lethal and even Christian. He was had a title main event just in September and he hasn't wrestled since, what, November or whatever since this match. So, um, I don't know. Like, you can always rehab someone pretty quick, but I can't say they've done a great job um, with him so far. Yeah, uh, I, I like the I like the match. It it didn't uh, have anything that was insanely crazy, like over the top, like uh, a spot that kind of maybe uh, stuck out. But I still still thought it was a good good match. I really enjoyed Orange in this in this match. The the skin the cat spot was good. It's not going to be for everyone, but I, I did quite enjoy him in this. Oh, you know what? I I I'm mistaken. The Orange Cassidy spot where yeah, where he's he climbs the ladder, right? Is that the spot mm. you're talking about? Yeah, that was impressive. Where he like skin the cat, I thought was really cool, and I've not really seen that. Again, before. like you can't just you can't just do that gimmick without knowing what you're doing. And nice. like he is impressive, yeah. When he like li- the strength you had to have to do that uh, was very impressive, yeah. That was the spot of the match. If he were to be in like the Royal Rumble, like that's got to be like it's the, almost like the Kofi spot, the Orange Cassidy yeah. spot. Yeah, absolutely. Tony Schiavone comes out waving around a contract that says Swerve on it and announces <laughs> the big surprise new signing, Swerve. <laughs> yeah, I tweeted out yesterday like. There's something about Tony's and just that picture of Tony Khan holding the leaked full gear card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, we all knew, right? Like, it was yeah. it was kind of uh, not announced, but leaked this week that or last week, two weeks ago, that he was going to make way to AEW. And I mean, and here's another person we watched a lot of in NXT covering mm. NXT on Up Next. And we wanted to see this guy go here. We saw a lot of potential with this guy for being uh, such a big, big start when he was what in the Indies and everywhere, Lucha and all that stuff. He was good as well. But then coming to NXT, he, he was in that weird swerves house thing. He even then Mm. went on to make fun of it in his hit row era. And here he is doing the, whose house is it? Whose house is it? I was like, that's pretty weird. But uh, I think he's, I think he's awesome. And I think he could be a, a big player here as well. But uh, excited to see where where he goes. Yeah, I, I'm massive fan of him, and I think good to get him in that kind of TNT title mix pretty pretty quick. I think he's yeah. There's definitely uh, I think he, so many he matches. He could be the guy in any company. Like he's he's so so talented. We got to get him versus uh, Max Caster, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's I probably so. like fuck. <laughs> <A> wrap off. <laughs> yeah, we need a wrap off on AEW. We go to our TBS championship match. Uh, Ty Conti versus Jade. Ty with her her Malachi Black war paint on her face here. Yeah, did she get misted in the face too? <laughs> it looked like it, yeah. And uh, then Jade coming out as Jade from Mortal Kombat with Kingfish Ingram playing her theme on the electric guitar. I thought this entrance was pretty cool. Yo, this was so sick. Jade, first of all, like, met, like in the Jade, like, what, uh, outfit from Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Just crazy. Just looked like, again, she always looks like a superstar, like an action figure, like a superhero. She looks like the Jade character. Like, she's just so jacked. And then Kingfish on the guitar here was just like, wait, what? Because the Jade theme is pretty, it's pretty lit. Like, the guitar solo cool, yeah. is pretty cool. But now seeing someone just play it and then seeing it's this guy who's like a pretty famous guitar player, like, yo, that's 
amazing. I was like, what? This is super cool. Yeah. Yeah, Love this entrance. Felt like a a real star here, I thought. Jade, Um, that's the thing. Jade always looks the part and I think can can talk the part. But it still comes down to some of the wrestling. But yeah. Well, they both start slapping each other right away. Uh, Jade goes for the jaded, but this gets rolled through into an armbar from Conti. Jade then just starts mocking uh, Conti's karate shit uh, by kind of doing the... You know, the pose from, like, Cobra Kai, uh, the, the, Karate the, Kid. The crane kick? The crane, the crane, the crane. kick. The drunken um, cow. We get three pump kicks in the corner from Ty, followed by a swinging DDT for a two. And then Ty does her boyfriend, Sammy Guevara's, like, I'm crazy, I'm loco uh, pose before hitting a somersault senton on Mark Sterling on the outside. Uh, then as Jade is running the ropes, Anna Jay uses a steel chair and smashes her from behind. Um, but Jade still kicks out. Ty then calls her a bitch and hits her Ty DT, the Hamlock DDT, spiking Jade uh, for a great near fall here, but only a two. And then Jade hits the Eye of the Storm. It's like her, her version of the Tour of the Islands and then hits a frog splash. But Ty comes back with a sit-out pile driver, uh, climbs up to the top rope, but Jade catches her and plants her with Jaded and picks up the win. Um, This, like, exceeded my expectations. I was not really looking forward to this one, and I thought they both went out there. And uh, certainly, I think, Jade's best match. And uh, perhaps up there for Ty's as well. I, I was quite impressed with this. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like this, like I said, J- for me, the issue with Jade is they're presenting her like she's Goldberg, like with this streak and undefeated, just beating everybody that she's the champ. And I'm like, yeah, but sometimes the, the matches go long when it doesn't, maybe it's not really connecting. Whereas here, finally, I did think it didn't get that much time, but for like a pay per view, it still got, I think it's, I think it went under 10 minutes for it was sure. About but, seven, I think. Yeah, I but think it had like, length. Yeah, it had like perfect amount of stuff and it did make her look good, but I think it made Ty still made her look good as well for putting up like a pretty valiant effort. But, but yeah, I would agree with you. It's kind of on the probably one of the best or if not the best Jade match thus far. It's showing improvement though as well. Like, for hopefully, sure. I, I imagine this streak is going to go on for quite a while. She's going to, she's going to get good. She's going to get so good. Yeah. And with the way she looks with the, 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 the star. Like, she could be a really big star for AEW. I think she has a disadvantage because I feel like all of her matches have picture in picture, which which makes them feel long. And also, you're, I mean, when I'm watching it on Fight, you just, you see the picture in picture and it's a lot of just, like, plodding in the commercial break. And I think here, just giving her seven minutes with a lot of stuff, it, I didn't feel she was doing the the walking around, which we've kind of complained about. Like she, she has some cool moves, but it's like connecting the stuff together. And I felt that, uh, that was less in this and that's why it worked for me. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Me too. We go to our next match, the dog collar match, cult of personality hits. And then before it really gets going, it goes into MJF's theme. And the crowd are mad. Boo! Ooh. Boo! MJF comes to the ring wearing this ugly, crushed green velvet Burberry robe. Um, and then AFI starts to play as the lights go out and we see smoke. And we have 
CM Punk from what, 2003 here? Coming out in his white ball shorts. Um, yeah, I, I believe this is the same gear he wore against Raven in the, uh, in the dog collar match. But awesome moment. Yeah, amazing entrance here for CM Punk. I mean, the retro trunks, the CM trunks here with the the white and the black trim with the XXX on it. And then, yeah, coming out to different music, either TK's flexing here um, for this one-time maybe use where they're using AFI. So, yeah, he did use this music. Uh, the beginning, Miseria Canter. I'm probably butchering it, but, yeah, fucking, fucking awesome. And a great tune, but... Uh, yeah, throwback here. Punk looking like just, this looks almost therapeutic for him. Oh, yeah. Like he's just yeah, like this, loving it. This, this entrance was just awesome. They announced him as the second city saint as well. Yeah. Um, and I love when they're, when they're just strapping them in with this, this dog collar. Punk just has this sadistic smile on his face because he knows he's going to get his hands on MJF. Um, but and the- Punk just, yeah. yeah, sorry. No, it's like like this this definitely like the news about Ring of Honor and AEW like it's cool they own the tape library and stuff like that. Like again, the argument is like well, it's just like going back to the history which was just like independent wrestling. It wasn't like on a main kind of stage, mm-hmm. but a lot of people that follow CM Punk like he did become kind of uh as as Excalibur I think on commentary like Punk is a household name when it comes to pro wrestling and like a lot of people know him and the the super fans are the ones who did go back and and dig into the history that they they may not you know followed at the time. So a lot of people are into CM Punk. He is like a a pretty big pop culture kind of guy. Like not just mentioning like his UFC stuff, but um, think back of like uh, in, in pop culture and TV. Like he has been brought up. People do know his name. So like going back to something that is maybe so minuscule, but like it got a reaction, especially when it cuts to people like figuring it out, like what is happening. Mm. I think it cu- even cuts to a guy in the crowd who was clearly waiting for this moment. Cause he knew all the lyrics he's singing. singing it. This guy was ready. He was probably like, yo, punk is back. Like what are the chances that we get him coming out to AFI again? But, but yeah, uh, yeah and sweet. I, th- I think he, even if you've never watched any of ROH, you can pretty quickly figure out what's going on yeah, here. Yeah. And and go back on YouTube or whatever and be, oh, shit, yeah, this is what he did. That's awesome. Yeah. So Punk starts stringing MJF up in the corner with this with this chain. Uh, he does the 10 punches to the head and then wraps the chain round and goes to punch him again. But Max escapes and hits the cheeky Nandos, followed by a powerbomb. And then MJF just starts whipping Punk. And there's this great close-up of Punk's back where you just see a chain mark right across it. Yeah. And well, Punk is bleeding already. <laughs> He's a bloody mess, just like on Wednesday. And MJF grabs the microphone and says, Why don't you tell these people you quit like you quit on me? And Punk just says, Eat shit, Max. <laughs> MJF then goes on the turnbuckle uh, and poses, but Punk just drags him off with the chain. And this microphone just goes flying. Uh, I guess I bet the audio guy is just losing his mind here as this this mic is destroyed. Uh, now, MJF, uh, sorry, Punk wraps the chain around MJF to hit his classic bulldog and now is attacking the hand. He goes for the GTS, but MJF slips out and locks in the sleeper with the chain, which uh, we saw MJF put out uh, Punk with the with the sleeper in their first match. Punk 
then kicks off the ropes doing kind of the Bret Hart spot, rolling through for a pin, but MJF kicks out. Punk gets him up for GTS, but this gets counted into the salt of the earth armbar, but Punk rolls this through for a pin attempt and then into the Anaconda Vice. Bear in mind, this is both guys are chained up here as well, and they're doing these like seamless counters. It's it's pretty awesome. Is it? It must be so hard to do these kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, because you've trained a certain way to wrestle, and now you gotta like almost make sure you're not hurting yourself and the person you're you're trusting here. Uh, it's it's pretty scary. You can tell, uh, like obviously kayfabe wise, they go, "Look, Punk knows what he's doing because he's been in these matches before, where he's like specifically wrapping it in certain ways." But like you gotta you gotta be really careful. Not like actually ch- choking someone or hurting someone or yeah. or landing on or a ju- chain. Just like jolting someone. Like it, it's different when it's around your wrist, but when it's to your neck, it's so dangerous. Yeah. MJF goes for the heat seeker, but this gets countered into a spine buster. And now Punk is wrapping the chain around his knee and just drives it into MJF's face. Now he's bleeding as well. Punk goes for another running knee on the outside this time, but goes crashing right into the ring steps. So now Punk's knee is fucked. MJF goes for a tombstone on the apron, but Punk counters this into a tombstone of his own. But this further damages his knee here. Um, Now Punk goes for the top rope Macho Man elbow drop, but MJF moves and he goes crashing down. And now the sadistic MJF introduces thumbtacks into the match. Punk tries to set up for the Pepsi plunge, but MJF blocks and hits a superplex off the top, almost onto the thumbtacks. (laughs) But then they're like, right, well, let's take bumps in this anyway. And now MJF is yelling for Wardlow. He needs his diamond ring. Wardlow comes out looking great in his fancy suit. And he's doing like the best man thing at the wedding where he's like, Oh no, the ring. Where's the ring? He's checking each pocket. And he like shrugs like, oh, I don't have the ring. So he, Max turns around, gets hit with the GTS and he takes the bump right into the thumbtacks. And rolling around. He's great at doing the, I mean, maybe it's not selling because I'm sure it hurts, but like the shock, like shaking. Well, well, it's funny because the move is called go to sleep. So he gets yeah. hit and he sells it like he's going to sleep. So he falls over. But then when he lands in the tax, he wakes up and yeah. now he wakes up and he's like, oh, my God, I'm in thumbtacks. Oh, uh, and it was a really good sell. Yeah. Wardlow and Punk then lock eyes and Wardlow reaches into his pocket and goes, oops, he's found the ring. And he just places it on the apron, walks off. The crowd are losing their mind. Uh, Punk picks up the ring, puts it on, flips off MJF. Max spits at him and Punk nails him with the ring and picks up the win. Yeah, I mean, just as violent as we thought it was going to be. They're they're chained to each other's necks and they're throwing each other around. They're bleeding pretty early in the match. Uh, there was thumbtacks. And then the cool reveal with Wardlow being like, nah. So it's like, it is almost the the, the turn here where Max is obviously going to be pissed uh, at him. But yeah, it kind of had a little bit of mix of everything. It had your, your violent wrestling. You had your tie-in to the indie stuff. With the ROH stuff, and then it had your your almost your WWE storyline of the Wardlow stuff with Max, like all kind of coming together here with the with everything. I thought it was it was pretty entertaining from front from front to back. 
just everything. Uh, it was yeah, so. It, it really felt like an epic, like war. This yeah. one and this and is war with the entrances on top of that, and yeah, the Wardlow stuff they've been building so well for so long. Um, and I like that there's it. It did kind of make sense to do it here because you feel there there has been that mutual respect between Punk and Wardlow from when Wardlow almost beat him and Punk the following week was like, I want to face Wardlow again. That's who I want because he should have beaten me. Yeah. Um, and I, what I loved, well, I, I really loved their first match, but this one was so different as well. So you, it's almost hard to compare the two because they, they were just so... They weren't really just retreading stuff they'd done before. There were so many different elements to this. Uh, yeah, that's I true. It was great. I, yeah, look, I really love this match. I really love their first one as well. That's a tough uh, question to kind of say, which one did you like more? Because I really, I really love that TV one as well. I thought that was an epic as well. That means it's 1-1 technically, right? I know they restarted that first match, but there, there's, the, there's a rematch down the line. There's, the third, there's a rubber match. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, For sure. I mean, could you do that with... With like a title on the line, perhaps. Down the line, like, do yeah. We, do we hold it off for, for a bit or do we do the rubber match soon before they next move off to the next feud? Because, I mean, MJF can just be with the Wardlow feud. You, you can go to that now. That's ready. And that could be, as you said, TNT title, perhaps, because I do think Wardlow will end this Sammy reign. Yeah, I was, I was still, I was under the impression MJF was going to win this match and then face Hangman at, Mm. Double or nothing, which you could still go that route, but I don't know what, where, how, I don't know how MJF would get there now with the whole Wardlow thing still happening. So unless this is still some sort of big tease where Wardlow will still be with MJF, I, I don't know. I felt like MJF was such a hot character that he could beat Hangman, uh, for the, yeah, the title. I, I, so that's what I thought would be the next champion like yeah. would be mjf but yeah but yeah great great stuff i, I really love that punk uh entrance uh, i bet a lot of people were like what is what music is this i don't understand uh but mm. but even even if you didn't like it just it looked great and the dude looked great in that in that uh, attire again yeah get ready ohio FanDuel, america's number one sports book is coming to the buckeye state and to kick things off you can get started with 100 dollars in free bets as an early sign-up bonus Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Unfortunately, the next match was in like a really rough spot following that. 
because uh, I think this is when certainly my end, we're talking about like probably around 3.30 in the morning by wow. this point. Yeah. Like we, we were feeling fatigue after that because that was like a, a bit of a war. I think and, the crowd did too. I think the crowd yeah. here in Orlando was like, yo, like we're tired now. <laughs> and I, I, I felt sorry for these two. I think we've, we've criticized this build. Obviously they had the great match at uh, St. Patrick's Day Slam last year. And there really hasn't been much build for this one. But it's, it's Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker for the AEW Women's Championship. And we see Britt coming out with a new belt, a bigger belt. Uh, looks wow. way better. Yeah, yeah. It makes it makes the title look a bit more meaningful when they announced the TBS one, and it looks bigger than the the women's title. So they finally re-upped yeah. it here. But yeah, looking good. Looks a lot better. Uh, Jamie Hater gets involved quite early on, uh, right away. There's then like this. Uh, was it Rosa applied like this, almost like the Paradise Lock, but in the bottom rope, uh, which looked kind of fun. Um, then Rosa counters and hits this German suplex, just dumping Brit. A series of clotheslines from them both. Thunder attempts the fire Thunder driver, but Brit gets out and just forearms her in the back of the head. There's then a pendulum suplex uh, to Rosa, and Rosa just lands on the back of her neck here. Brit goes to apply the lockjaw, but uh, Thunder is able to counter this with a neckbreaker, followed by a sliding lariat. Brit goes for the lockjaw again, but Rosa rolls through for a two count. And now Thunder's hitting like a backdrop suplex. They're fighting on the top and Brit hits an air raid crash off the top. Um, obviously, you've seen this hit on her boyfriend quite a few times back in NXT. Um, Rosa then goes for the tombstone, but this gets rolled through for a tombstone attempt from Brit. But Thunder, like victory rolls through. Uh, for a pin attempt here and then Rosa finally hits the tombstone but Rebel is on the apron distracting for the pin uh, there's more roll-ups back and forth and then Brit hits her curb stomp on the title belt but Rosa kicks out Brit then applies the lockjaw but Rosa gets the ropes and rolls through and goes for the lockjaw of her own and then transitions to this chokehold and Brit is tapping here, but Rebel again is on the apron, distracting. And Rosa hits her with this biggie-like spear. Rebel takes some like big bumps in these Brit matches. This is terrifying. Yeah, Thunder then rolls into the ring, but gets hit with the curb stomp, and Brit Baker retains. Yeah, uh, I think I was definitely cooled off on this feud uh especially build to it i think it was like almost wrote itself and they managed to make people less interested in it of course their first encounter was like really violent and uh, kind of considered a classic now i think they were put in a bad spot having the crowd just be tired didn't help because you when you watch it and the crowd's maybe not so much into it anymore it makes you feel the same but i think everyone was kind of like feeling like a little little just a little tired at this point and I think I think maybe that had something to do with it, but I didn't necessarily get too into this match. I I was a little let down. I just felt like it felt like all the other Britt Baker matches with everything mm. in it, like with Reba and Jamie Hayter, even the finish and the false finishes. It just kind of felt. Uh, I wanted to see. Uh, I kind of wanted to see Britt Baker bring the the more of the wrestling, and I still I still didn't 
quite get to that uh, for me. But I think the Brit, Brit character is still over. But in a way, I'm happy that she won because I didn't felt like it had the the heat behind it uh, that it that a big title change would get over. Uh, so I'm happy that she won. But in the way, I think she should have. I think. Reba and Jamie should have been kicked out early or not even been allowed in the match and let them actually just wrestle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I felt burnt out here and I found it a bit hard to focus. I feel this is one I almost want to try and watch in isolation because I, I kind of feel it, it was in a tough spot. And I, I didn't think it was necessarily bad, but the the stuff with Rebel and Jamie got way, way too much. And it, as you said, we've seen it so many times. Um and yeah, I, I was just a little checked out. Like this was where I was kind of found myself looking on Twitter at like Punk's entrance again and that kind of thing. Right. Um, and was just, yeah, pretty, pretty tired at this point. I didn't think it was terrible, but really not where it should have been. I, I also think going from having like a lights out match to then just a wrestling match, it's really hard to, when you've had all the crazy stuff, you've had the thumbtacks, you've had the tables and now you're just trying to wrestle. It's a little hard, but by the looks of it, um, it's Thunder Rosa versus Layla Hirsch in like a number one contenders match. And then the winner faces Brit at St. Patrick's Day Slam, which will be obviously a year anniversary since their match. And it's in Thunder Rosa's hometown. So I expect, Oh, okay. There you go. I expect they're holding it off. And that's why they did all the screwy stuff. You're probably going to have Rebel and Jamie banned from ringside. And I think they'll give her the win there is what i'm imagining see and the crowd behind it will probably make it feel like such a bigger moment yeah it'll probably be the main event you know and it will feel yeah bigger for sure we then go to john moxley versus brian danielson uh these two are thinking about being a team but they they want to bleed with each other first i mean they can do that everyone knows if you if you want a team together you gotta bleed together ain't that right davy yeah, we we didn't start podcasting until we both bled together, right? That's right. That's Everyone right. knows that you got if you want, you got to prove your friends. You got to bleed together to to mm. be boys with each other. Yeah, this this was uh, a match I was super excited to watch. In fact, yeah, I watched yeah. it back today. Uh, I definitely want to go back and rewatch this one. Um, it starts off very uh, a lot of wrestling, very grapple grapple to start with. They both fall to the outside and then. Uh, as they're back in, Danielson's doing all the, the heelish little things, like keeps on going into the rope so Mox can't get to him. So Mox just slaps him across the face. Danielson slaps him back. We're then going into these forearm exchanges. Uh, Danielson hits his big running drop kicks in the corner that just looked brutal. There's a tope suicida from Danielson, but Moxley catches him. And now they're brawling on the outside. Mox is bleeding. Danielson is bleeding. They're now fighting on the top and there's a backdrop suplex from Danielson. And now Danielson starts raining down with his elbow strikes to Moxley and applies a great looking dragon sleeper. And I love they did like the camera angle from above the ring here and you just got this dragon sleeper applied and they're both just a bloody mess. I thought visually look really cool here. And now Mox comes back and is delivering these elbows of his own and applies the bully choke and transitions that into the cross arm breaker. But Danielson counters that into the label lock. 
But Mox makes rest in peace, Gene LaBelle, right? No, he's not dead. <laughs> Gene LaBelle, the legend. We got. I got. How do I get Gene LaBelle's people on the phone? Like, we got to get Gene on the show because I want to talk to him <laughs> how, about how amazing he is and his appearance in Rush Hour, and how alive he is still. Yeah, I um, fucking love Gene LaBelle. <laughs> Moxley makes it to the ropes, but Brian comes back with the psycho knee for a two count. And now it's time to kick his fucking head in. Danielson grabs the wrists of Mox, starts stomping down on his head, and then applies the triangle sleeper and flexes, does his, does his bicep flex, yeah. and then starts punching him. Like, he's just punching him in the nose here as he's applying this. But Mox does the kind of jackknife flip over and catches Brian with the pin. Yeah, uh, kind of a, a, a shocker victory. It kind of comes out of nowhere. I almost, I love how he was near the ropes and then he realizes. So he like kicks away from it, lands, and then the ref is like, all right, well, he's not on the ropes now and then counts yeah. it. And then Danielson gets out of it while like he's kind of still on top of Moxley and he's looking at the ref like, what do you mean that's it? And then like moves Mox away. Like, what do you mean that's it? He's like, that's it. He, he beat you. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, I loved this match. This was exactly what I wanted. You got to, to see them bleed. You knew they, they did the spot on the outside where they think they headbutt each other. And then they both mm. fall down. Camera cuts away. And, oh, look, they're bleeding. So it's like these guys <laughs> just wanted to – you know they were bleeding for this match. But it was awesome. They were killing each other with the strikes. I love the the, like – physicality of it where they're they're kicking each other at the one point it's like you're they're like two almost like brothers here fighting like kicking each other going at each other like yeah just literally giving everything and yeah those no strikes were nasty but how awesome was the the bully choke because danielson's got the labelle lock so then mox mm. uses the bully choke and he, he's selling it so good but then danielson turns into that regal plex and crushes moxley here and Moxley just powers up like he's Ishii. He's just like, yeah. ah, but then runs right into that knee from Daniels. It was just such a great sequence. Uh, this was my match of the night. I just thought it had everything. It had intensity. It had a story. And I, literally, I just wanted to see the violence. And I got that yeah. from it. There's a good combo of these guys are actually good technical wrestlers, but the violence uh, definitely delivered here for me. I, I love this. In fact, I've already watched it twice. The finish definitely protects Brian as well. For rather sure. that it's not like he's being hit by the paradigm shift and pinned one, two, three. He's he's being out wrestled, which kind of works with this story, with this this you know this brawler against this wrestler. For sure. And Danielson, who just seems like you know such a nice guy, like when you think back to his like huge baby face run, is so sadistic in as a yeah. wrestler these days. It's it's so good to watch. Um, yeah, I, I really, I definitely want to go back and watch this one. I felt, I felt when this started, I was like, I'm trying to get myself back into it because I definitely, and I, and I felt the crowd were kind of like that. And as the match went on, they're like, oh, we're watching Danielson Moxley now and kind yeah. of woke up. But it, it's definitely hard on these long shows and you, you do have to kind of psych yourself back up. But uh, it definitely got me by the end and I, I definitely want to watch this one. Again. Yeah, the crowd um, the crowd were quiet for the beginning of it and then finally they were like, okay, no, we got to get like back into it. But yeah, this 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 hit for me and then I mean then what happened after? Well, the the post match. So Brian is pissed and starts kicking Mox. Um Mox starts fighting back. They're brawling and then 
William Regal storms out. War games! In the suit he always wears, the maroon (laughs) shirt, the kind of dark grey suit. Uh, Looks great. The... The bar. This was the biggest reaction of the night at the place I was. The bar lost their mind for William Regal here. Uh, bro, how was it where you were? Bro, the bar lost their absolute mind. Biggest pop of the night. And the funniest thing was there was like, I don't know if it was a bartender or a, well, maybe just a friend of our security. This guy the whole night, you could hear him being like, yeah, I don't know much about wrestling. I don't really know anything. Like, oh, Jericho? Okay, I know him. Like, oh, Punk? Okay, I, kinda, I maybe I've heard of him. Yeah. Bar goes wild, and the guy who doesn't know anything goes, "Yo, bro, is that William Regal?" I'm like, "Yo, wait, you don't know, you don't know anybody about wrestling, but you know this guy." I'm like, "What? That's wild." Uh, yeah, the bar absolutely lost their mind. Uh, but I love this this sequence here. Yeah, what I, what I love is like Regal has just gone from being, you know, the head teacher at NXT, where he's yeah. always pulling apart these kids. And now he's storming into AEW and he's still like, ah, oh, why is everyone just fighting all the time? And he he pulls these two guys a- apart. Um, Dad Regal. He sl- slaps, uh, I think it's Brian first, no, isn't it? No, he's, he's, he, he, gets in, he gets in the middle of them and he shoves Moxley away from Danielson and then slaps him. And then Danielson's laughing like, ha ha, yeah, come here. Almost like to hug, to hug Regal. And then Regal slaps him too. And is like, both of you (laughs) fucking idiots, get it together. What are you fucking doing? And like Regal's now got their, yeah, he's got like the blood on him now. Like their blood's on Regal now. And he's just like, shake hands. You gotta, we gotta do it together. And then like he's standing in the, the shot of him in between them is amazing. They finally shake hands and it's like, wait, are we getting a William Regal? Danielson Mox stable here. What does this all mean? We I we think so. we we got the tease of it how it started, but like yeah, like give the people what they want, and this is what we want. It makes so much set, sense because both are connected to Regal as well. I mean, Mox Mox does the Regal knee. He does the Regal plex. Obviously, Daniel Bryan as Brian Danielson has always looked up to Regal, and there's such a connection there. Like even even down to his ring gear, like he he wears it as a tribute to Regal. Yeah. Um, this, this makes so much sense. And I thought this did a great job of, of really, it was like an adrenaline spike for this crowd. It, it really woke everyone up after that match and kind of reinvigorated them for the final two matches, I thought. Yeah, it just shows like they're really good at using a lot of these old stars. Like a guy just came out and said, Hey, stop fighting. And everyone lost their mind. Uh, it's just like, People wanted to to see these two fight. They wanted to see them almost join forces. And what better way than kind of bring in this introduction here with with Regal? Uh, I'm excited to see them a be a tag team. They could go for the tag titles or like actually start this this team, this unit with like all these other people that they can bring in. Like your your with who did they mention? Daniel Garcia, Lee Moriarty, the people that. Danielson, to, yeah, the, the guys that Danielson beat up essentially, but yeah, there's so much room for for where we can go with this with this stable. But yeah, I mean, I, need, I, what, I what would we call the the regal? We need the regal something. We need regal these, these guys. Uh, well, we have we already have the the four pillars. So what about like the the four killers with where they get like Garcia, Moriarty? I don't know. Like there's there's something about violence, but I know they're calling. Kyle O'Reilly, the violent artist. So I, mean, I don't know where it, mm. just violence is what <laughs> you need yeah. to call this group. Just violence, just literally vengeance, violence. I don't know, uh, just something. But the dragon, what the dragon dojo, the 
I don't, I don't know, something like that. But just, uh, just, just cool. It's like, it's like Cobra Kai. It's like yeah. uh, the the Cobra Kai. No, what Eagle Fang meets Miyagi Do, <laughs> and then they join forces yeah. to be like Eagle Fang Miyagi Do or something. I don't know. But yeah, uh, this was the like the highlight. I got my wrestling fix from this match uh, specifically. It's like. Moxley is someone I, I definitely loved since AEW, and Danielson is just again a repeated broken record every time I talk about him on a completely also, another level. This has got to be William Regal's biggest pop of his career, right? Uh, I mean, see, he he got he got good pops in NXT, but that was always yeah. in Full Sail or the CWC, and I can't think of. And he was mainly a heel on the main roster for most of the time, so I don't think he's ever really got a reaction like this. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Which is kind of yeah. cool. For him, yeah, I true. Think. Well, let's move on. It's the six-man tornado tag match. It's the Andrade Hardy family office of Andrade El Idolo, <laughs> Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy versus the, the team of Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. Um yeah, uh, this this is kind of crazy, actually. This was the one everyone, myself included, was going, why the fuck is this match on this card? Yeah, but look. It uh, definitely served its purpose, I think. Everyone needed the the, the break, but then when, when you while you came back from your smoke break, your washroom break, your beer, whatever, you were now watching this match, and then you were like, oh, okay, this is, this is pretty wild. So it did it an okay job. However, like, the, the, the triple threat on Rampage... For the TNT mm. title oh, was, was excellent, awesome, was so cool. Really it could, definitely could have been on the pay per view, but this was kind of like a nice breather, but still served its purpose and did some pretty cool stuff. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about probably the second biggest pop behind William Regal comes from this match as well. Yeah, so Darby immediately hits his like crazy tope to the outside. Um, there's a trash can placed on uh, Jack Jose's head, and he gets hit by a. Another tope from Darby just crashing into this trash can. Uh, we then get the gourd buster from Andrade to Sammy on top of a guardrail. Uh, Sammy hits his springboard cutter to Cassidy, but then gets hit by a twist of fate from Matt Hardy. And now the Butcher and the Blade come out to help the family office. They're getting involved. And uh, Sammy and Isaiah Cassidy are now like fighting on top of the the elevated stage, like on the entranceway. Yeah. And there's a Spanish fly off this from Sammy through two tables that don't break. This was nuts. Insane. Off this thing. And like the table breaks, but they hit hard. So I, I, I'm yeah. sure Isaiah Cassidy uh, was feeling this today because you see them just both lying pretty still and and sammy with his arm around him being like you okay uh, <laughs> we yeah. good? You okay? he did the i'm loco thing yeah uh, before he did it I, is that what like how ty ty conti used to go are you crazy are you crazy in nxt so yeah it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like that i mean this spot was crazy this was not a spanish fly this is a backflipping moonsault slam thing off this through a table like just nuts so Butcher and the Blade are now setting up tables under this balcony and, well, they're all fighting and Sting dives off this balcony on top of Andrade through these tables and then in the <laughs> ring, I think Darby hits the, um, yeah, I mean, this this is what, 62-year-old Sting 
taking sorry this is fucking nuts dude this is fucking nuts i'll never you know like we always joke about sting and then he came into aw and we were joking about it for a while and then he came in here and he served his purpose being here he's like that they're using this legend great and he's had a few matches here or there and we went to grand slam and me and you after the show you were like yo that that wasn't sting that was someone dressed as sting because that guy was insane that was amazing I felt the same way watching this. As soon as Sting took this dive, again, the bar I was at lost their absolute mind. And <laughs> afterwards, I we were doing, like I mentioned, a raffle. And I just was like, by the way, quickly, that man is turning 63 real soon. Like, that guy's 62 years old. And the bar is, like, erupted. Like, what? What do you mean he's 62 doing shit like that? This guy dived off where the crowd was. Onto someone who's on tables. Like, again, kind of s- not safe. It's, he's jumping off part of this, this, this venue. Uh, man, fucking this guy give all the flowers to Sting. bomb from Seth Rollins. And they're like, ah, better not wrestle anymore. And now he's like, fuck it, I'm jumping off balconies. Um, it's like he decided, wait, hey, I'm 62. I better start getting good at wrestling now. No, I'm joking. Has, but like, like, what the fuck? Like, he's amazing. Ha- Honestly, though, has he had a bad match in AEW? <laughs> Fuck, Sting is lit. I can't think of one. All the respect to Sting. Pour one out for not even just real. That is amazing. Yeah, the bar absolutely lost their mind for that. I I I can't believe Sting did this spot. Like he did some crazy stuff in TNA, and this was like, dude, why you're the one doing the spot? Look who's in this match. Of course, Sammy did the crazy bump, but Sting just jumping off this through tables was amazing. Darby, the finish here was Darby hits. Sting in TNA, there's a famous finish where Sting goes to hit Bobby Roode with the reverse, the death drop onto a the chair. The death drop, right. But the, the spot is that Sting actually fucks up and hits his own head on the chair and knocks yes, himself out. Right. Which, like, looks like it sucks. So Darby actually does that spot, but actually hits the move on Matt Hardy here. And then goes for the coffin drop, <laughs> but Matt Hardy rolls out of the way. But it's the finish anyways. I don't know what was going on through Matt Hardy's head, but he, he did part of the chair. The yeah, chair. I don't know what happened there. But Sting, <laughs> but, sorry, but Darby gets the win anyways. But yeah, this, yeah, I mean, the highlight is Sammy doing that crazy thing and then Sting, fucking 62-year-old Sting. Just imagine that. Think of someone you know who's like 60-plus doing this. Are you crazy? Your yeah. dad, your uncle, your grandpa? Like, what the fuck? Crazy. I, like... After this match, I was like, you know what? I I trust Tony Khan because we're all going, why is this match on the show? And I I agree. I love that triple threat match. But I feel like you might have been burnt out after the triple threat match. I think just having some like absolutely mindless match here that you really, there's no real kind of um, psychology to it or anything. But you don't need it. It was just the perfect palate cleanser before the main event. Just Just like a 10 minute piece of fun. It's yeah. It's I like mean, when I whenever I watch like a serious like movie or especially a horror movie, I've got to throw on something stupid like an episode of Family Guy or something like that that I've seen a hundred times after. This was the equivalent of that for me. It's just like, all right, let's wind down a little and just watch this old man jump off a balcony. Wind down. I mean, yeah, he's sixty-two, jumping off balcony thing through tables, which is crazy. I mean, Sting teams with Darby, and I'm imagining Sting's like, look, Darby, here's you know. Here's how to apply face paint that won't rub off and, and teaches him stuff. And in return, Darby's like, yo, Sting, I'm going to teach you how to fucking be reckless and do these crazy dots. Dar- Darby might be, yeah, someone in the chat says Darby's a bad influence on Sting. I think Darby's a good influence 
on Sting. Uh, this was this was incredible. Again, shout out Sting, man. I can't believe he did yeah. this spot. <laughs> well, let's go to the main event of the evening. It's for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Adam Cole challenging Hangman Adam Page. It's the Adams going at it. Um, what did you think of Adam Cole's entrance gear here? Uh, I, I actually, I quickly darted to have a quick smoke right during uh, the entrances of this match. What did I didn't? What did I miss? It, it looked like um, he'd kind of made. <laughs> it looked like he made a costume out of like cardboard boxes and like painted it green. It was like this this kind of robot army. Like shoulder okay. pad gear. I'm watching I, it right now. I know. I already know what you're talking. He's probably trying to be Master Chief from Halo. Yeah, it looked kind of weird. It definitely looked like like you know school papier mâché costume project. Oh, it's like it's like Master him Chief. Him and Brit had made over the weekend. It's it's Master Chief uh, Halo Spartan gear. Okay, I see what you because he's yeah. a huge. He's I'm, I'm pretty sure Halo even like gifted him something. Uh, right, recently, okay. but yeah, I don't think it looks as goofy, but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And Hangman came out wearing uh, colorful tassels. He looked very, very. His gear was pretty. Yeah, his gear was pretty on point. I thought it mm. had this like cool, like reflective thing with the colors. It was cool. Like you know, like Okada, like his is has that like light reflective stuff. It's like mm. it wasn't quite that level, but it was. It was pretty. It was pretty colorful. The crowd were really getting into the fact that this is two Adams. They were, let's go Adam, Adam sucks chance going on. Um, Page goes for a powerbomb to Cole through the table, uh, but Cole manages to escape. Uh, goes for the lariat on the outside, but Cole ducks and, well, he just smashes the ring post with his arm here. Uh, Page then pops up to, uh, sorry, yeah, Page like pops up Cole for like a, like a pop-up powerbomb or something, but Cole comes down and hits the backstabber, but more like to the back of the neck. This looked pretty brutal here. Crazy. Mm. And then Paige hits the pop-up apron bomb, taking out Cole, followed up by the Urihara moonsault and the Deadeye for a two-count. Paige catches uh, Cole with a tombstone. Everyone just busting out the tombstones uh, on this show tonight. And then you've got the uh, the like bandido style avalanche fall away slam moonsault from Paige, and this is where Red Dragon come out uh, to help their boy. There's a Panama Sunrise on the floor from Adam Cole, and then goes for the Panama Sunrise in the ring, but gets caught in a dead eye attempt, which Cole slips out of. And as the ref is kind of distracted by Red Dragon, Cole hits a low blow. Hits the sunrise in the ring, followed by the boom, but Paige kicks out. Paige then sets up for the buckshot lariat, but eats a super kick, and then another super kick, and then Cole goes for the boom again, but Hangman just collapses. And now they're back, they're fighting, they're fighting on the apron, and Paige hits the dead eye off the apron through a table, and that's where the Dark Order now come out. And they're helping up Paige, but Paige shoves them off. He doesn't. He wants to do this on his own. And Dark Order and Red Dragon start to brawl. There's the buckshot lariat from Paige, but Adam Cole gets his hand on the ropes to break the count. Cole, uh, Paige then takes off his belt and ties 
Cole to the ropes and just hits multiple super kicks to Cole's face. And then Cole hits a super kick of his own and frees himself. Page then exposes his, like pulls down the knee pad, exposing the knee, hits the boom to Cole, followed by the buckshot lariat and Adam Page retains. Yeah, the battle of the atoms. We had to find out what Adam would happen. What would happen when two atoms collide and it happened here? Mm. I, this this was awesome. I was pretty burnt out and I had to like basically force myself like to get into the the, the mood for this match. I was like, no, this is a. I think I think the crowd in Orlando kind of felt the same way. They were like, okay, no, we Sting doing that huge thing. Like, okay, like fuck, let's go. It doesn't matter what happens now. Sting just jumped off the balcony. Uh, but this match still was awesome. As soon as it started getting going, I was like, yeah, this, these two are just so good at everything. They kind of, it, they hit all their, their series with their best moves. Uh, you even, I figure Adam Cole, it, one of his signature moves is Undisputed Era gets involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. they always come and then they get attacked. They, it's like anytime in, in his big pay per view matches, they never successfully interfere in his matches. Mm. It's like, it was very rare, but. Uh, I, I thought both of them have great chemistry. I have seen them fight before. I have seen them team before through the years. But it was almost surreal. Just I've watched Adam Cole for the past three years wrestle all series of different guys. And then now in AEW, here he is in the main title slot against Hangman. It was It's almost like, is this actually a, a storyline or a match that's happening? But uh, I still really enjoyed this match. Uh, Top tier stuff from, from Hangman. I really like the finish, how he set up for the buckshot. Because couldn't it... Couldn't it come across as a move that kind of looks a little contrived? Like you have to set the guy up to hit that mm. spot and then you do the flip. But here is like he runs, hits the boom on him, which gro- like levels him to that spot and then hits the buckshot. I thought uh, it clicked really well. But yeah, I, I knew this match would be pretty good. Uh, it banged. Uh, it wasn't my favorite match of the night, though, but maybe because I was just really tired by the end of it. Yeah, I, I thought it was a few. Th- I-, I thought the match was was really good. I, I thought the there were some really fun near falls at the end as well. Um, and definitely, I think they did manage to get this audience and pick up the energy a bit. I do think the build wasn't great and did kind of take away from the match a little bit because it didn't feel as heated as I think it could have done. And it was at the end of a really long pay-per-view as well. I, I almost feel the whole show... I would cherry pick. We talk about cherry picking. I would cherry pick the whole show, but you know, I kind of want to watch a match a day almost because whereas NXT, the old takeovers, you'd have five absolute bangers and, but it would be two hours, two hour, two and a half hours tops. And it would be such a great pace here. I feel like it's, you're having like eight to 10 bangers, but you, it, you can almost have too much of a good thing, you know, like it's, and it's a shame because I, I think it does, uh, you want to like enjoy this match more than you do. And I, I'd say that with a few of them where I'm just like, I'm just really tired right now. But that's not to take away the quality of the the wrestling is is great. It just, it, it seems a funny thing to complain about too much of a good thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. There seemed to be uh, like some booze for Paige as well. Um, I don't know if people are kind of, Maybe not quite buying him as as the champion because the way he's been presented, or just Cole is really over, or a little bit of the or well. Both. But I mean, Cole's there were definitely been, booze for Page. Cole's been running Florida for the past 
four years down in mm-hmm. NXT. So it's it's NXT territory, That's right? True. So I mean, yeah, but yeah, I did notice some booze after the fact. Um but but still, no, I, I think Cole Cole is the 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 guy people he's the bad guy, but people like to cheer. But uh for the most part I still think Hangman was pretty over. But yeah, this match still delivered for me one hundred percent. I I do want to watch this one back. Uh I just didn't today, but um de- definitely still loved it. Uh what what would you say your match of the night was? <sighs> I feel like I gotta go back and rewatch a lot of them, but maybe because it kicked things off. But I, I'm leaning towards uh, Kingston Jericho. I, wow. I really, I really did enjoy that match. Yeah. Um, I and I really liked Danielson uh, Moxley as well. But uh, a lot of contenders, and I think I definitely like to watch uh, watch them all again at some point to kind of uh, get a better idea. But really, really strong pay per view, top to bottom. Yeah, I feel like we going forward they could uh, yeah yeah I would say Mox and Danielson was definitely my match of the 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 night and um and I love the regal stuff in between oh and afterwards. Punk MJF as well I love yeah Punk like, MJF yeah there's yeah, it's tough there's that, it's oh, tough it could be that it could be it's, I think it would be between those two for me Punk MJF and uh, Mox and Danielson uh, just everything everything hit these AEW pay per views are always uh, bang for your buck like you get everything out of it like everything hits everything feels like a proper show this one they ended before midnight which was like hey we're we're getting out of here not at twelve thirty, but it had a little bit of everything on the show it had that ladder match everything clicked there was nothing that i that was bad no so again no, another sorry. like top show from them like all their all their big shows hit so every time they do one of these pay-per-views and they they're spread out i know double or nothing's next but they're they're definitely on a roll do you still what? What do you think the direction is for for Page then? Double or Nothing's three months away, so he'll probably have at least one defense on a. What do you have? Like, is this round like Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen is around this this time of year? I think that you might have right. Um, you might have a defense, and do, do yeah. you still see MJF Page at the next pay per view? Yeah, uh, you could do you could do Cole versus Hangman again, like. Uh on a TV special or have hangman face some TV people, but I would keep hangman defense till the next pay-per-view, which is dull or nothing. I thought the direction would be NJF. I'm not quite sure where you would go. Another interesting matchup you could do is Mox versus hangman. Yeah. That, that I, mean, would, I think they'll be doing the tag the thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's where they possibly were going with before Mox went into rehab. Yeah, because um, he he seemed to be going the heel route, and then they they quickly flip Brian. So or punk punk hangman. That's what I'm thinking. Which which would be an interesting dynamic to two baby faces, unless you you turn one of them, which I can't see them doing. No. But that kind of, with Punk winning uh, the match against MJF, you could do do that, and maybe that's a a big TV event before you go to the MJF match at Double or Nothing, perhaps. But yeah, so many parts that you can you can go with and all sound pretty good. Yeah, there's also Kenny. He could be coming back as well. Uh, you could pair the Bucks up with Kenny to face off against Cole and Red Dragon. There's a whole story mm-hmm. there that could be that could be told. Oh, Chris Elliott's uh, pointing out in the Twitch room that Punk was making the belt motion after he won the match. So maybe that is the direction. There we go. Punk. So there you go. Punk. Mm-hmm. Maybe Punk Hangman is another big TV episode where they finally have uh that happen yeah. but yeah that is true um but yeah there's a lot there's a lot 
potential different matchups that we could go going forward. But I wouldn't mind them bringing in a trios title and, and doing that stuff as well, just because they do have a lot of trios and, and yeah, I just honestly, another solid show. I uh, loved this show. Everything, uh, just was super entertaining and the, and the wrestling and, and just, again, I watched it at a bar. So it was fun to just have other people to watch and get into it and, and kind of seeing new fans, like maybe who aren't super into this stuff, kind of getting sucked in back into wrestling. Like, Oh, okay. This is not kind of what I'm used to watching. Uh, I don't like some of the other stuff, but now I, there's this, alternative here with all sorts of craziness but yeah solid show from AEW. they don't miss uh, at absolutely. all absolutely yeah uh guys thanks for listening to us talk all about aew revolution we do this every week on bde elite every wednesday night we record it live on twitch twitch.tv slash up next podcast and we talk about some dynamite we'll be talking about dynamite this week sammy guevara scorpio sky we'll also talk about some NXT 2.0. It's Roadblock this week, so we'll be oh going, yeah, it yeah, is. we'll be going live for uh, that afterwards as well on the Twitch and here on the free feed. But there is a lot of other podcasts that we do. Davey, what show did we do this week that you want to let the people know to listen to? Last week. Well, last week we did a show called Best Match Ever, where we looked at the greatest matches of Shane McMahon's career. Yes, we did. Yeah, a lot everything. of five stars in there. In one, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, best that match show ever. felt like this show, just top to bottom, banger, Bangers. banger, banger. Yeah, yeah, best match ever. We look at uh, either stips or rivalries or a specific wrestler. So we looked at Shane McMahon, who's been recently released. Maybe he'll show up in AEW. Uh, but Shane McMahon, all the best matches: Steve Blackman, Kurt Angle, Styles, the Hell in the Cell, everything. Uh, we review, rate, and dissect all those. That was super fun. Uh, we also did a Lay Miz review uh, out there. We did a Rush Hour review. We do so many different reviews out on the Patreon. Uh, and then this week, we're also going to be joined by friend of the show, Dickie Bird, world champ patron, who has picked uh, the... I'm Servant of the people. Yeah, so... To Ukrainian comedy starring the current president of Ukraine in the lead role. Yeah, very topical review. The The video, the, the show is free to watch right now, I believe on YouTube with subtitles and mm. stuff. So go check it out, Servant of the People. So that'll be crazy and fun to talk to Dickie Bird as well. But yeah, so many podcasts out on the Patreon. For five bucks, North America tier, you get access to everything we've done in the back catalog. All the was next, all the retro pay-per-view reviews, everything is on there. And if you like free stuff, well, on this free feed, you can check out our Justice League review, choose that 2017 version, which uh, we talk all about the Batman. All our Batman reviews are out on the free feed. Uh, and a lot of people are messaging us like, yo, I need that uh, that the Batman review. So that will come in about a month or so after we can go. I'm going to go watch it tomorrow. So I'm super excited to I, I saw to watch it the other day. All right. So, so yeah, we'll maybe talk briefly about it tomorrow. Yeah, on maybe on Up Next, we'll definitely uh, dive into it a bit. But uh, oh, and best match ever, since it's best March ever, we have another one. Steiner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's Rick Steiner's birthday this week. So we thought we'd celebrate by looking at some of his best tag matches with his, with his brother. Yeah. That's it. Uh, well, I am myself, Brayden Harrington. You can find me on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. I am at the Bray D. And I am at Davey Portman. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Up Next Podcast and join us on the Facebook group, Up Next Group on Facebook, because uh, we love sharing funny things and all sorts of stuff. But thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you very, very soon. Uh, and shout out everyone who came to the bar. Shout out Post Wrestling. Shout out Up Next. Shout out all you people. You guys are the best. That's it. 
that's all. Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. And uh, yeah, I don't know. What a great show. What a revolution. Ahoy! Hey there, BreezeLine has a holiday gift just for you. One month of free internet for all your family's gift sites, book flights, and movie nights. Get reliable, fast internet with speeds starting at 100 megabits per second for just $19.99 a month. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way home for the first 12 months. And your first month is free. BreezeLine wishes you all a happy and bright holiday season. If only they could give you a little holiday relief from all the matching family outfits. Service subject to availability. New residential customers in select areas only. Visit BreezeLine.com for complete offer details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-on bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIO, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIO.